Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Friday, everybody. Today, we are going to share another round of stories from all of you. Those of you who have been writing in and sharing stories about the planetary transits over the past couple of weeks. So that is our agenda for today. A few insights that uh, go along with these stories. I hope you will enjoy this as a fun segue into the weekend. Um, also, later today, I'll be doing a live cast with a panel of students who just recently graduated from my program. So we'll be doing a live stream and a live Q&A. You guys can come on and ask questions about astrology, studying astrology, ask questions about my programs. So stay tuned for that. That will be taking place at 2 p.m.-ish Central Time. So that'd be 3 p.m. Eastern Time or noon Pacific. All right. So um, before I dive in, I want to remind all of you guys that we are just what, like eight days now away from the start of my next program. Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic begins next Saturday, a week from tomorrow. So you still have one full week from today to take advantage of the early bird rate when you sign up. Go to my website, nightlightastrology.com. Click on the courses menu, first year course. Scroll down to learn all about it. There is over 100 hours worth of classroom content. You can attend live via webinars, or you can uh, follow along with the recordings. You can download and keep all of the material, kind of move at your own pace, or study along with us in the webinars, ask live questions. We also have 12 guest lectures. We have breakout study sessions in between major units where you can get free tutoring. Um, you can reach out through email and our discussion forum to me year-round with questions. Uh, it's a great program. I can't wait to get started again got more and more people signing up every day. You got just eight days left to, uh, to sign up. And a week from today is the cutoff for the early bird payment. So make sure you take advantage of that. Save $500. You have a payment plan if you need it. There's also need-based tuition assistance for people who might be unemployed or only part-time employed or you're a single parent or you're on a tight budget. Whatever the case might be, check out the need-based tuition assistance, see if it might help you. We don't like to price anyone out of spiritual education. So at any rate, I'm really excited to talk today about some of the stories that you guys have been sharing. For those of you who don't know, on my channel, I encourage everyone, as we talk about the transits week by week, month by month, to use a hashtag. The hashtag is um, grabbed. Uh, sounds kind of funny, but the... Um, the word for planet in Indian astrology is graha, which means grabber. It can also mean to grasp as in to understand. So the planets have a kind of dual meaning. They can swoop in and seize our consciousness and sort of move us around like unconscious puppets, in which case we get grabbed. On the other hand, uh, there is a way in which as we start to study and reflect upon the gods, the planets in our everyday lives, we start to grasp and we start to understand and we start to um, grow as spiritual beings. And so we can grasp the planetary energies as well. What we really want is we want conscious participation with the unfolding of the planetary aspects week by week and month by month. That's what this series is dedicated to. And that's why I myself love to share stories with you guys all the time. So that being said, I've got a bunch of stories to share with you guys. You guys have sent in. If you ever want to send in a story, use hashtag grabbed and put the name of the transit, as you'll see in the format that I do today, and then a short description. Take note of the way that these are shared, because these are exactly the type that I like to share because of how brief and concise they are for the most part. Sometimes I share a little bit longer one if I think it's really good, but um, concise, sweet, straight, uh, straight to the point, short and sweet, and... Um, and then if you don't feel comfortable sharing it in the chat on YouTube, 
uh, you can email us grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. We don't answer those emails. We just aggregate the stories and put them into future episodes potentially. So don't share anything that you don't want being shared or read aloud there. Okay. So I've got some fun ones. Uh, <laughs> it's like a little bit of a, uh, a massacre given all of the uh, Pluto energy, Mars, Pluto, Mercury, Pluto, Mars moving into Scorpio, new moon in Scorpio opposite Uranus. So a bunch of these are sort of planetary massacres, but, um, <laughs> but, but there's also some good ones to end off in terms of like subjectively more positive ones. There's some pretty funny ones in here too. All right, let's get into it. New moon opposite Uranus. This was just very, this week, obviously. My grandmother died six months ago. My mom has had her ashes since then. Like the flick of a switch, she felt an immediacy that it was time to divide up my grandmother's ashes with the family and move past this next part of letting go. It was sudden. It was decided uh, right in co coincidence with this new moon. It'll be happening over this weekend. Wow. So he said, she said it was a beautiful birthday gift. I was very close to her when she was alive. I was with her for her last breaths, and I did the arrangements for her cremation. Feels like a completion of one circle and the start of one that is new. There's a perfect example, that fallen moon in Scorpio opposite Uranus, the, the, the letting go of something from the past surrounding the death of a mother figure. It's a beautiful example of the planetary transits. Thank you for sharing that. New moon opposite Uranus. <laughs> I started my period extremely early. Surprise! Not only did it arrive incredibly early, but it also created <laughs> it also created a massacre. I'm pretty sure I'm anemic now. I have to go to the doctor. <laughs> That's brutal. So sorry, but I had to tell that one. It was so funny. Uh, so we hope that you're well. Surprise! It was a planetary massacre. Mars into Scorpio. This is someone talking about the in recent ingress of Mars into Scorpio, which happened to move into their 12th house, a place, among other things, that is associated traditionally with hidden enemies. Mars into Scorpio into my 12th house. An old colleague was hired at work this past Monday and right away let me know that someone else in the department was trying to cut me out of our work process and essentially out of my job. Mars enters Scorpio in my 12th and a hidden enemy comes to light. I talked to my manager and all is right again, dot, dot, dot for now. <laughs> so Mars and Okay, that was that's I'm sorry that you're having to deal with that. We hope all is well. Thank you for sharing your story. Grabbed by Mercury square to Pluto. Back in 2010, my husband had a short affair with a woman who got pregnant with twins and for many reasons I ended up leaving the marriage. Our two children always wanted to get to know their sibling twins, but he never managed to establish any relationship with them and created a huge taboo around this. Last summer, I reached out to the twins' mother on my children's request, and we're arranging for the kids to finally meet each other. Turns out that my eldest daughter confronted her father during this Mercury Square Pluto moment and told him about the plans of the gathering. When Mercury Squared Pluto, I asked, I myself also talked with him, and his response was far less aggressive than expected although it was clearly a shock to him that this was going to be happening, although he made sure to warn me that he thinks that this other person is rather crazy. Well, well. <laughs> well, well, perfect way to end it. Oh my God, that was... <laughs> some of you guys just had the wicked sense of humor around some of these Pluto transits was perfect. Uh, so anyway, you guys killed me with some of these. Um, 
Okay. And I'm sorry, that is a, an intense situation and I hope it goes well, especially for the kids. So uh, good luck with that. Sun square Saturn. This is hashtag grabbed with the sun squaring Saturn. My father passed <clears throat> as the sun squared Saturn. It happened very quickly. I got the call saying that he was sick on Wednesday. He passed by Friday. That was right as the sun squared Saturn, a very vivid example of the sun squaring Saturn, sun, the father, Saturn, death and winter. Because he lives in Pakistan by Saturday morning, I was on a WhatsApp call live into his open casket funeral and then onto a video uh, conference with my whole family from across the world in four continents holding a ceremony for him on Sunday. Well, our condolences for your loss, a very vivid example of the sun square Saturn. Mercury square to Pluto, hashtag grabbed. Around the 15th of October, my mother had a tumor removed that needed to be biopsied. Today, as Mercury squared Pluto, I found out that she has cancer. Well, our prayers that uh, the cancer may be healed and that uh, the anxiety that you experience, that your mother experiences may be minimal, um, that whatever may come, good or bad, that you would all have... Um, peace and love between you. So yeah, I'm going to finish off today's series uh, with some of the benefic transits that came by Venus sextile, Jupiter, a bunch of Venus squared, Neptune energy that came through Venus sextile Jupiter. I was stressing out about having money to buy birthday and Christmas gifts for my partner today. I went and checked my bank account to assess the damage after purchasing the gifts and out of nowhere, an extra $733 appeared in my bank account. After looking into it, it turned out I had overpaid on taxes and the IRS finally got around to re returning my funds. Thank you, Venus Jupiter, for bringing this money back to me just in time. <laughs> That's such a lovely example of Venus Jupiter, just that unexpected good fortune. Uh, Venus sextile Jupiter. I am so happy right now because today, a truck from a charity that will accept my unwanted but still very good furniture showed up at my neighbor's doorstep where they were doing the same for her. I've been hunting long and hard for something like this so I could make my furniture available to people who really need it. I'm moving long distance in a few months and I can't bring them with me. It was bothering me to no end that it might have to be hauled out to a garbage dump instead of going to good use. That is a beautiful example of Venus and Nep uh, Venus and Jupiter's charity. And good luck. You're looking for something that can take away unwanted furniture and give it somewhere beneficial. You see a truck that does just that showing up at your neighbor's house just before you've got to move. Bingo, you've got the job done. Fantastic example of Venus sextile Jupiter. Venus square to Neptune. <clears throat> this one's great. I was working in the kitchen and having a repair done elsewhere in my apartment when my boyfriend stopped in. I had just started a somewhat complex recipe and he had not texted or called me to see what I was up to or if it was a good time to stop by. Uh-uh. <laughs> I got mad that he came by without any heads up as I had a couple of things going on. He also knows I don't like people coming over without asking first, regardless of who it is. <laughs> Turns out he had come by to surprise me with coffee and chocolates and was only trying to do something to make me happy and show that he cares. He did not know I was having work. I was getting trying to get work done or that I was busy. Just turned out to be an issue of bad timing. And what was meant to be a romantic, happy surprise ended up being the opposite. And she has the face palm. <clears throat> so 
Venus square Neptune, a, uh, <laughs> an unexpected romantic visit, right? When you're busy and don't want guests. And I hope that you were very nice to him and that you guys figured it out. So that was a, that was a good, funny story. Venus, don't make plans when Venus Neptune is around. Someone will swoop by with chocolates. Venus square Neptune. As Venus was approaching its square to Neptune, my husband and I spent a few days by the ocean, wishing we could live there permanently. We longed to go to sleep every night to the sound of the surf and have the joy of walking on the beach whenever we wanted. We realized, though, that moving to the coast would complicate our lives enormously. Oh, so you're telling me that Venus Neptune provided you with a fantasy that really wasn't possible? <laughs> <laughs> but at least you got to be near the ocean. Once we got home, I randomly tuned into a podcast about living our best life and heard the advice that pleasure is greatest. And we appreciate something pleasurable most deeply when it is rare. Overexposure to pleasure dilutes its effects, eroding our appreciation of it. A Venus square Neptune lesson indeed. Thank you. Perfect. I'll share a few of mine. <clears throat> when Venus squared Neptune, my wife got invited to a yoga retreat and um, she has not had time by herself for any kind, any kind of personal time for herself since our children were born. That's, you know, going on six years. And uh, so she's never really gone on um, a personal, she's not had any like personal retreat vacation time since my kids were born. And um, so she told me about getting this invited to this retreat. My mom is in the process of retiring. So I invited my mom to come and stay with me to help take care of the kids while I work so that my wife could go to this retreat and gave her the news that she indeed could go to this retreat. So it was very, it was kind of a romantic surprise and also a getaway to, for her to have a little reset time, uh, which I think she really needs as a mom. So that was a beautiful example of Venus square Neptune. Venus sextile Jupiter turned out to be a large installation piece of Halloween artwork. I built a huge maze in our basement. <clears throat> Mercury square Pluto. I got the news that I need a minor surgery. That was really annoying. It's not like on a, you know, it's not, there's no rush for it or anything, but I, I have to schedule it and, and found out all about that, right. As Mercury was squaring Pluto, Mars squaring Pluto. I had to get a potentially, you know, one of those precancerous moles that the dermatologist removes. So literally had a scalpel cutting something off my body turned out there was, it was negative. Didn't have any, uh, abnormal cells or whatever. So but I still got a nice chunk taken out of my body, which was fun. My girls love putting band-aids on me though. That was memorable. Uh, <laughs> and sun square Saturn as the sun squared Saturn, my father also visited and we had a few really good heart to hearts, especially talking about his relationship with his father, uh, who was abusive and an alcoholic. And, uh, he shared a lot of stuff I hadn't heard before, which was, um, heavy, but like therapeutic it's beautiful, the planets, how they work. So I titled this one, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a planetary massacre because of all of the recent Pluto energy, but I want to share something. This comes from the 12th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. This is something that we could all take into consideration. Why do we tell these stories? Why do we study astrology? Why, why under, why look for the planets in our everyday lives? Are we just trying to obsess about the future? Are we trying to, uh, are we trying to be make ourselves aware of the planetary transit so we can control everything and get the outcomes we like? No. According to the ancient uh, mystics who practiced, who first practiced astrology, we are learning the art of equanimity because planetary massacres are going to happen. The ups and downs, the fun times, the Venus square Neptune times, the Venus Jupiter times, and the Mars Pluto times, and the Mercury square Pluto times. 
This is life in the cosmos. And here's some advice from the Bhagavad Gita that is also right in line with what ancient astrologers said, the purpose of learning and studying these planetary energies is all about. This is the kind of character we're trying to develop, whether it's a planetary, you know, reign of blessings or whether it's a planetary massacre. One who is not envious, but who is a kind friend to all living beings, who does not think themselves a proprietor, who is free from false ego and equal both in happiness and distress, who is always satisfied within and engaged in devotion with determination, and whose mind and intelligence are in agreement with me, he is very dear to me. They for whom no one is put into difficulty and who is not disturbed by anxiety, who is, in steadiness, who is steady in happiness and distressed is very dear for me, to me. A devotee who is not dependent on the ordinary course of activities, who is pure, who is an expert without cares, free from all pains, and who does not strive for some result is very dear from me. One who neither grasps at pleasure or grief, who neither laments nor desires, who renounces both auspicious and auspicious, inauspicious things attached to these things is very dear to me. One who is equal to friends and enemies, equipoised in honor and dishonor, heat and cold, happiness and distress, fame and infamy, who is free from contaminations, always silent and satisfied within, who doesn't care for any residents, who's fixed in knowledge and engaged in devotion is very dear to me. Those who follow this imperishable path of devotion, who completely engage themselves with faith, making me the supreme goal is very, very dear to me. So, you know, simple instructions. You'll see this repeated in Firmicus Maternus and Vettius Valens. You'll see this re repeated in Ptolemy. You see it repeated from the Indian sages all across the board in different philosophical schools, different religious backgrounds. You see people saying, why do we study astrology? We study astrology so that we can live lives of equanimity. We can live lives that understand and accept that there will be highs and lows and that my happiness, my inner, my inner dignity, my sanctity, my well-being, my internal resting state of consciousness does not have to be disturbed by the inevitable ups and downs. Sometimes it's just as important not be, to be disturbed by the ups as it is the downs. And we're not talking about walking around like some kind of uh, neutral automatons. We're talking about being able to ride through the ups and downs of life with an inner state of equanimity. And that's something that we do by sharing these stories, by laughing, by enjoying the absurdity, by having laughter and appreciation, mystery, curiosity, uh, intellectual insights, little epiphanies as the planetary energies roll on. Um, we cultivate these things by sharing these stories so that we live lives that are um, progressively grasping and understanding and uh, deepening in wisdom and peace. And when we do those things, that presence within us radiates outward and it affects the people closest to us, the people we work with, the people we serve through our jobs, the people we love, the people we live with, our family members. Um, it's not, a, doesn't have to be a save the world crusade, but it can be 
um, that we cultivate a kind of consciousness that radiates like a warm lantern around a warm little fire to the people around us, to the world that we serve, to our immediate sphere of influence. So uh, it's been a little bit of a planetary massacre lately with all of the uh, Plutonian energy, especially. I hope you guys are doing well with it and uh, love hearing your story. Stay tuned today at about two o'clock PM central time. We will be uh, getting together and um, doing a live stream with students from my program uh, to talk about the upcoming program and to talk with them about what it's like to be an astrologer. Okay. That's what I've got for today. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.